Welcome to the DSM Podcast with Pastor A. Baranapur and his second installment of If You Really Knew Me. It's the heaviest podium ever. I'm going to ask you again, how are y'all doing tonight? Oh, that's better. Well, hey, I want to welcome you. If this is your first night here, you have come on a very unique night, as you see. There are no chairs, um, but tonight is not actually going to be a very long message. We're actually going to get up. We're going to be moving around, and this is the last week of the two-part series, If You Really Knew Me. Now, how many of y'all, by show of hands or just by yell, how many of y'all were here last week? There we go. Last week was a really great week, and I saw a lot of breakthrough. Um, Just to kind of give you an overview, if you're new tonight, If You Really Knew Me is a series where we're just breaking down the walls of separation here at DSM. We're really being honest, not only with ourselves, but with the people to the left and to the right of us, and also with God, being honest about maybe some of the frustrations and the anger that we have towards him, maybe being honest about some of the areas where we're afraid to ask him to come into our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about if you really knew me, you're going to hear that said so many times tonight. So I'm going to start off, we're going to start off with a little bit of lightheartedness. I shared some embarrassing things about myself. I know y'all did last week. We saw some on the video tonight. So I'm going to share with you a couple different things. So if you really knew me, now how many of y'all as kids, like you ate some really, like we're just going to pause. How many of y'all ate some really dirty things like when you were kids and all that? Cool. Awesome. This side's lying. This side is like, yeah, I totally did. If you really knew me growing up, the thing I loved to eat the most off the sidewalk was roly-polies. How many of my roly-poly people up in here? I got one. Is, it, who's, is that Caden? Who's, who's that? Somebody, somebody's eating roly-polies right there. I got like an amen clap. So let's see. If you really knew me, oh, this is bad. This is before I was a Christian, so please mind this. <laughs> really bad. So if you really knew me, one time when I was in seventh grade, I convinced one of my good friends to break up with his girlfriend so that way I could try and go on a date with said girl. But hey, hey, it didn't work, so it's all good. It's the Lord striking that down, striking that down. All right. And if you really, and this one's going to be hard for some of y'all to believe. If you really knew me, knowing that, like, I struggle going up these staircases just to get to my office, like I'm huffing and puffing, like this was the hardest thing to move, like, If you really knew me, you would know that before all this, I actually used to be a really avid and, like, competitive, like, runner. Like, and some of y'all, you're looking at me, and you're like, this guy? Like, you? You used to run? You used to be athletic? Yes, I did. We got proof right here. Look at that. Look at that, homeboy. We got another picture. Look at that. Where are we at? Where's our next one? Look at that. Look at that little skinny boy just running. Like, the camera couldn't even keep up. That's why it's all blurry. And then my pride and joy, like, I got a medal. I got a medal. What? No claps? Cool. It's cool. It's whatever. Y'all clap for Rolly Polies. Rolly Polies gave a round of applause. But I used to do that. I used to do competitive running. I would do, like, so many, like, I usually try and do, like, four half marathons a year. And that's when I was, like, the best shape of my entire life. And you're probably wondering, Abe, why are you telling us that you used to run? Number one, to brag on myself because I'm not there anymore. But two, it kind of ties into this story of what it means to be fam and to support one another. So my very first race was back in 2009, and I did it. 
because a girl asked me to do it. Sammy DeRocco, if you're watching on Facebook Live, this story is for you. And so, hey, so this girl, she told me, she was like, Abe, and I'm like in the friend zone, like hardcore at this point, but she says, Abe, I really want you to do this race with me, and I'm thinking, that means it's gonna lead to marriage. So yes, I will go ahead, and I'm gonna do this race with you. I train up for the race with this girl. It's quality time with Sammy, and like we're running every single week, we're training up. And if you know, a half marathon's 13.1 miles, so that was just a daunting task. But if I could lock down Sammy, like, hey, you know what? It is worth 13 miles and like death by running. But we, we run, race day comes along, and I'm killing it. I'm trucking along. She's like doing so much better than I am. And, it's kind of embarrassing because she would stay back. She'd be like, Abe, are you, are you good? Do you need me to walk? And I'm like, no, it's cool, it's whatever. But we get, how many of y'all have ever run a half, a half marathon before? A half mile? Yeah, no, everyone's run a half mile. <laughs> You've done a half marathon. It is, you hit this wall at mile 10, and it is one of the most, like, you're feeling good. You're trucking along. You think you're going to beat everyone's time in your division. I was just hoping to finish, like, alive. And I get to mile 10, and I just remember hitting this wall, and my legs cramped up. And I remember I fell down, and so I'm kind of in, like, this weird, really, really, really embarrassing crawl. And Sammy's there. And she's like, Abe, you can do this. Like, it's good. I'm cramping up to this lady on the side. Like, it's filled with thousands of spectators. She's chanting at me. She's like, you got this, man. You can do this. You're good to go. You only got three miles left. And I'm like, oh, Lord, like three miles. And I'm already crawling. Now, the thing is, is when you get cramps, there's something that you have to take. So there's two things. You can either take pickle juice or you can take salt, all right? Now, that kind of helps you, like, temporarily, but you have to keep it up for the remainder of the race. Well, Sammy, this is the grossest thing, but this is when you know you're in love with someone. They didn't have salt packets at this specific race. So what Sammy, y'all already know where I'm going. So what she does is, girls, you know, she had her hair braided. She was already, oh, because you know her, whatever. And so she grabs her hair and she puts, she, like, starts sucking on the end of her hair to get salt or whatever. And she's like... Abe, like, you need salt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't have, like, anything. Like, there's no luck or, or anything for me at this point. So in, like, my worst moment of my entire life in front of a girl, I straight up just, like, go like this and just, like, and I get all this salt. And meanwhile, this lady, I'm in the worst mood of my life. I'm embarrassed. I probably lost Sammy. For, well, clearly, I lost Sammy forever. Um, and... I, I'm sitting there, and I'm still cramping up, and this lady on the side, she's like, you can do this, you can do this. And I'm like, I'm getting tired of her. It's been five minutes of this already. But this complete stranger was just cheering me on. They were telling me to get up. They were telling me to fight through the pain, to keep on going. And through that, it was either like encouragement or like annoyance. I got up, and I finished the race. It was worst day of my life. If you don't have to, yes, I ran, I moved. Worst day of my life, but I wanted to tell you that story because that lady on the side was an example of somebody who was encouraging, somebody who was there to cheer you on, not only at your best for all the people that were running past me, but for cheering on the people that were at their worst, that felt like they couldn't go on anymore, that were on their hands and knees, just suffering. And so the question I have for y'all is, 
if you were in that situation, and not even at a race, but I'm talking about in life in general, when somebody is on their hands and their knees, they're down on their face, they're down on their luck in front of you, who will you pick up? And the better question is, who, do you, who are you surrounding yourself with that will pick you up? You see, the question I have for you all is, who is your spiritual family? Who is your spiritual group? Who is your accountability group? I think we all have a sense and a desire for that group of people to be around us. And I want to show you mine right here. So we have this picture. This is my little squad. It's kind of hard to see, but um, this is my little squad of friends. We've got Alec, Alyssa, David, Lauren, and Trent. And those are some of my best friends. And they're living back in San Antonio. But in the four years, the last four years that I spent in San Antonio, this group of people is one of the main reasons why I'm still following God today. I went through depression. I went through loneliness. I went through self-doubt. I went through a lot of issues back in San Antonio. And having this support group there to say, you know what, I know you're down on your luck, but I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to encourage you to get up and to keep moving was one of the reasons why I am still following God to this very day. So the thing about family is we think, okay, well, I have a mom or I have a dad, I have my siblings. But like I said in the beginning, your spiritual family goes a lot further than just the people that are in your household. It is every single one of y'all here in this room. Y'all are a family because we all believe in Jesus, because we are children of God. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And God calls us to love one another and to continue to lift each other up. And the reason why I'm preaching this sermon tonight is because I've been at DSM for about two months now. And one of the things that I have seen that I've heard through conversations is that there is kind of a division here. And we're just going to call it what it is. There is a little bit of a division. There is people in here that look different than others. There are people that go to different schools, involved in different activities, come from different just backgrounds, have different home lives, and we separate ourselves. Or better yet, the enemy uses that to separate us, to draw lines and put up walls between every single one of us. And we think we are so different, but based off of all the stories that I've heard from last week about if you really knew me, you would know that dot, dot, dot. If you really knew me, you would know whatever. A lot of us are actually struggling with the same things, yet we don't feel like we have a community and we don't feel like we have a family here at DSM. And it's because these walls have been put up around us. And we will never know truly how alike we are because we're so good at judging everyone else's sin, everyone else's shortcomings, everyone else's whatever. Whatever it is that is separating you, we are so good at judging that and saying, I can't relate to that person. That person that's sitting way across the room over there, nah, they've got a different lifestyle than me. I'm not one to be their accountability partner. I'm not one to pray for them. I'm not one to love on them. Somebody else who is more like them will do it because they have, uh, they have these weaknesses that I don't really associate with. Well, surprise, we all have those weaknesses. We are all weak in some areas. And like I said last week, we are weak. And in those moments, God shows his strength to us. And I said this last week, our strengths we use and we can impress each other with, but it's with our weaknesses where we can truly connect with one another because we are all relying on the same God to cheer us on and to lift us up as we continue to move forward. And while we unfortunately have the ability, because of the enemy and, and the lies he puts in front of us, 
we unfortunately have this uncanny ability to judge one another based off of all these differences. But by the grace and the glory of God and the emotions that he gives us and the love that he puts in our hearts, we also have this incredible ability to love on others. We have the ability to turn to the person to the left, to our right, to our best friends, to our family members, whoever it is. We have this ability just to love on them when it's easy. When it's easy, it is so, 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 so easy just to love on that person. When I'm going through the same thing, if we both come from a divorced family, man, it's easy for me to love on you, to tell you what you need to know. If it's easy for me to be your friend, man, I'm there for you all the time, and I'm praying for you because you want to know what? I find some likeness between the two of us. But are we really the hands and feet of Jesus when we choose to love on those simply because it is easy? Jesus says in the book of John, he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We're going to read that again. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It's by the way that you love one another. It's not by how often you go to church. It's not by how you're going to be going to desperation conference. It's not by how active you are during this time of worship at the front. It's not by your Bible study Instagram posts that you post all the time. It's not by that that people will know your disciples. It's by the way that you love one another. So the question is, is how are you actually loving one another? What does it look like to love one another? perfect example is in the book of Exodus. And I'm going to read through this really quick just to give you some background. Israel, they're being attacked by the Amalekites. And God does this miraculous work where he pretty much requires his people to step in and support one another. So we're going to read through, and I'll read through with y'all. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Now as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her, so this, this is the part right here. I want you to pay attention. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So maybe you're that person. Maybe you find yourself in Moses' shoes, and you're just on your knees, and your hands are up, and you're saying, God, I have nothing left, and my hands are tired, and I want to worship you, and I want to do everything you say, but God, my arms are tired. This thing in my life is dragging me down, and I have no strength left. Who is holding your arms up? Whose arms are you holding up? Where are you stepping in the gap for your neighbors that are here in this very room right now? You see, there is so much power when we pray and when we intercede for others. When we step in that gap, when we allow the power of God to work through us to support one another. 
Now, for some of you right now, you're saying, man, Abe, that's, that's really great, but uh, my weaknesses are different. I'm not like every other kid here. You don't know what I've been through, Abe. You've only been here for two months. You have no clue what you're talking about. Or maybe you're sitting there saying, you know what, that's great, Abe. I totally get what you're saying, but I still don't think others go through what I go through. Or I don't think God really can step in for that. Maybe I just feel alone in this entire situation. I've been there, and I'm speaking from experience, and I'm speaking from a moment of weakness that I've struggled with and that I'm currently struggling with. But what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to look and see how alike we really are. Before, uh, before we start this next part, I just want to tell you, we, uh, we did this really cool activity between... Um, our work, our DSM staff here for this weekend. It's called, uh, it's like this life story. And we went through and we sat in an office for about three hours and we just kind of told some of our deepest struggles, some of our highest points of our life and some of the lowest points. And man, I was terrified. I was so terrified to say the things that I've been through because I didn't want the people on my team to judge me or to have thoughts about me that weren't true, that weren't of God. But when we left this three-hour meeting, I felt so free. And I had so much more respect. Because what I didn't know is where I thought everybody else on my team was perfect, we all had similar struggles, similar things that we've been through, and that drew us closer together. It's like I said, our strengths we can use to impress people. But it's with our weaknesses where we are actually connected to one another. So we're going to do an activity right now. And I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. So don't move it. I need all y'all just to pay attention here in this next part. This is called the Cross the Line Challenge. Maybe some of y'all have heard about it before. But it's a really bold activity that I'm going to ask everyone to partake in. Uh, leaders, worship leaders, staff, I'm going to ask everyone in this room if you would partake in it. When I tell you to go, what you're going to do is there are two lines of tape here. One in front of the sound booth and one right here in front of the stage. They only go so far, so you can go past it if you need to. But what I'm going to ask is for everyone, when I dismiss you as quietly as you can, to stand up and get behind that pink line and face the stage. You can be two rows back. It doesn't matter how far back you have to clump together. But I want you to span across that entire pink line. If you need to go past it, you can. But without talking, I need you just to go there. And I encourage you to maybe stand by somebody that you don't know so well. Okay, so we're all in place right now. If you, if you need to, once I give you instructions, you'll kind of have a better idea of what we're going to do. But what we're going to do is I'm going to list out 10 to 12 different scenarios of life. Some are going to be a little lighthearted. Some are going to be really heavy. Some of you are going to be afraid to walk across during these certain times. But I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm not going to ask you, please don't cross. If it, if it doesn't relate to you, please don't cross just for the sake of crossing. And if you feel scared... I'm going to ask that you just be bold and that you step across. And what I'm asking is that, that there not be just any talking or any distractions during this activity. So when I say a situation, if it relates to you, all you're going to do is you're going to cross right over here. You're going to stand somewhere along this other line, and you're just going to face everyone else. And we're just going to start to see the different areas of our life 
where we relate to other people. And you might find yourself really surprised at who you see cross or who has crossed with you. Now, for everyone else, if you don't cross the line, you're lucky in those situations. You're lucky. And what I want you to do is, everyone, can you all do this real quick? Can you all hold this up? So this is the international sign language for I love you. If you do not have to cross, something very simple. As soon as these people cross and turn around, if you're not crossing, I just want you to hold this up. You don't need to say anything. Just want you to hold this up. This means I love you, I support you, and I am with you. And if you cross, I have some of our ministry DLA interns over here, and they're just going to be just praying silently for you as you come across, because we're going to pray for breakthrough tonight, that these situations would no longer define you, but that they would connect you with other people. So let's get started tonight. So please cross the line if you have ever been hurt, humiliated, ridiculed, put down, teased, or made fun of because of who you are by somebody at school or maybe somebody in this room. and let's hold up those signs for those people that had to cross. So for the ones that had to cross, I want you to think, did you really believe the things that the people said about you? Did somebody else in this room have to cross because of something maybe that you said? Let's go ahead and cross back. the line if you have ever forced a smile on at church because you wanted to maintain your image when in reality everything was just falling apart. Why did you feel like you had to fake it? Why did you feel like you had to be perfect in front of everyone? back. So cross the line if you have ever been part of a divorced, separated, or a single parent home. So I want you to notice that you're not alone, and I want you just to reach out to the person to the left or the right, and I want you to wrap your arms around each other. Just put your arm around their shoulder, and y'all just all connect together. In those moments, it may have felt lonely, but I want you to look to your left and to your right, and I want you to notice that you're actually not alone in that. In that moment where you felt like nobody could relate, there are so many people standing in the gap with you. if you've ever had a close family member or a close friend pass away. 
So for those of y'all that cross, I just want you to take a moment. I want you just to close your eyes. And I want you just to reflect on that person or those people. And I want you uh, just to think about them. Think about one of the happiest memories that you have of them. Did you get to tell them everything that you ever wanted to say? If they were here right now, what, was some, what is something that you would tell them? What's been on your heart that you never got to say to them? the line if you've ever been ashamed or embarrassed about your body image because of something somebody or the world has said about how you should look. Did you know that we are all made in God's image and God handcrafted every single one of us. God doesn't mass produce, but he only creates unique things, and he is so in love with you. And I hope that as you go back that you would just realize that about yourself. You can cross back. This next one has a couple different scenarios, but if it relates to you in any way, I want you to cross. Cross the line if you've ever been in foster care, been kicked out of your home, or you do not remember or have never met one or both of your birth parents, or if you are being raised by people other than your family. Come on guys, let's show them some love. those of you that didn't have to cross, I want you to imagine what it would be like to be some of these people that had to cross, to maybe not know who one of your parents are, to maybe not know where they are, to not be raised by the ones who actually brought you into this world, what that might feel like at times. You can go ahead and cross back. For all the people with siblings in the room, please cross the line. If your brother or your sister have ever physically or emotionally hurt one another, if you've done that to one another, you beat each other up, you call each other names, or you simply make life harder for one another. Is your sibling here in this room today? If they are, I want you just to, to grab their hand, grab their shoulder. If they're here, I want you to go stand by them. Stand, stand by your sibling. So I want you to think, what if they were no longer here? Would this time spent hating one another be worth it? How is God calling you to love on one another's? Go ahead and cross back. 
Now this one I know is very close to DSM and into Colorado Springs, so just be really reverent during this one. So cross the line if you or somebody close to you has ever physically hurt themselves, thought about, attempted, or you know someone that has committed suicide because life was just too hard. So what made you cross? I want you to know that if any one of you was not in this room anymore, that you would be missed, that you are noticed, that you are loved, that you have a place, that you have a place that you can call home and you have people that want to surround you, that want to lift you up, that want to cheer you on. And you would be so missed if you were not here. And I want you to think about the words and the actions that we do towards other people. And how a single joke or a single comment could change the course of history for someone. Go ahead and cross back. Go ahead and cross the line if you or somebody in your family, your immediate family, suffers from any sort of addiction, whether it's smoking, alcohol, drugs, bulimia, gambling, pornography, lust, anything like that. Go ahead and cross. So for you that crossed, you might feel embarrassed. For some of you, you might feel ashamed. But as you look around, I want you to know something you should not feel is you should not feel alone in this situation. You shouldn't feel like you're the only one. Go ahead and cross back. This next one is for the guys only. So cross the line if you've ever been told to hold in your feelings, to not cry, to act tough, or pressured into holding everything in simply because you are a guy. you to look around at one another here. What are the things that you might need to let out that you need to talk to people about that for some reason, just because you were male, you felt like you couldn't? I encourage you before you leave tonight, just to talk to someone, to talk to someone about the things that have burdened your heart that are sitting heavy on you. And don't be scared just because you were born male. Go ahead and cross back. Now this one's for the ladies. So please cross the line if you've ever been whistled at, catcalled, held down, if you've ever been hit, made fun of, or been told you couldn't do something simply because you're a girl. 
all the guys, I want you to look at the girls that had to cross. I want you to imagine what, maybe, maybe one of them is your sibling. I want you to imagine that these are your siblings here. These are your sisters that are being treated unfairly. unfairly. How will you stand in the gap for them? What will you do? Go ahead and cross back. Now these are gonna be for just the students in the room here. Cross the line if any adult has ever called you stupid or told you that you were not good enough. that they said about you. Do you know the truth that God says about you? For any adults in this room, is there somebody that would have crossed because of something that you would have said to them? Go ahead and cross back. This is the final question. This one goes for every single person here in this room. Cross the line if in any season of your life, whether it's the current season, when that was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if any season in your life, you just felt alone, like you had nobody else to go to, Go ahead and cross. That's a huge chunk of people that are standing together that feel alone. And in reality, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to ask everyone, if you would all, let's all cross over. Everyone come on over. And if you would just turn around, if y'all would just face the stage. And what you do is, if there's somebody that you know that next to you, if they just need an arm around them, if you would just put their arm around them, you know what, let's just all do it. The person to your left or right, just put your arm around them. And we're going to support one another tonight. So the question is, how can everyone here feel alone if we're all standing together? How is it that we're in this lonely part of our lives when we've got hundreds of people that are feeling the exact same thing? I don't care what age or stage of life you're in. We are all children of God. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we support one another and we lift each other up. And if you're standing here and you're feeling alone, I don't think it's because there's not enough people around. I think it's because there's not enough of a connection between us. I think it's because we know where we sit every single Wednesday. We know where we, we know where our classes are. We know the people that we talk to. We know the people that struggle with the exact same thing as us. We know what bitterness we have. We know what hatred we have. We know what our families look like. And we say, you know what? That's gonna be me. But you wanna know, if you really knew me, 
you would know that my weaknesses connect me to everyone else around me because I'm relying, as I said before, on the same God that you are relying on, that you're relying on, that you're relying on. So we're not gonna be a youth ministry anymore that comes in and separates ourselves based on our walks of life, but we're gonna be a youth group that loves one another and supports one another and lifts each other up. We're not gonna be distant with one another because that's not what God did. That's not what God called us to do. You see, God did not just shout his love from the heavens and stay distant, but God came down to earth so that he could be with us face to face and loving us and lifting us up in our darkest of moments. And if we are made in the likeness of God, we are gonna do the exact same thing for one another. So as you look around to your left and your right, I want you just to recognize some faces. I want you to just look into each other's eyes, whether it's for a brief moment, and I want you to feel that connection that you have as we are children of God. We're gonna do the exact same thing. The same way Moses' arms were held up, we're gonna do that every single time that we're here, every single time we're at home and we get that 2 a.m. text from a friend, we're gonna lift each other up and we're gonna pray for one another because that is what God has called us to do. As I said before, and as Jesus told his disciples, people will know that we are disciples of Jesus not by how much we come to church, not by how much we post online, not by how much we know of the Bible, but people will know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another. By the way we love one another, people will know that we are followers of Jesus. So we're gonna worship, but God, I just pray right now for every single student, leader, staff in this room, As we enter into this time of worship, God, that any walls that the enemy has built up, God, that you would remove those in an instant. God, that there would be a connection between every single one of these students in this room. God, the enemy has no place here in this building and no place here in this room, no place here in our lives because you are residents of our heart. God, hatred and judgment, we cast all that out right now because that is not of you. And God, and we come forward and we are obedient to your calling to love one another. And God, we are just in awe that in the midst of our downfalls, God, you still call us children of God. So we worship you tonight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise and we cast down these walls and all God's children said, amen. Let's worship together as a family and we will lift each other up in this moment. bitter. I am no longer ashamed. The walls that have been put before me are cast down. I am a child of the magnificent God and I stand in the gap for my brothers and my sisters. God, the things that once separated us are no more. 
God, the shame that I held on to was no more. The embarrassment is gone. And we will walk forth in your path and in your calling because we are called children of the magnificent God. Amen. of y'all it feels good to sing that especially tonight so yeah this has been an amazing series if you really knew me can we put our hands together and give Abe some love come here Abe it was a year ago next week that Abe and I met for the first time. I was speaking at his camp at his old youth group, and I just watched this guy, how he loved students. And, and, and I didn't, that me being a youth pastor here wasn't anywhere on my radar, but I just watched you all week, dude. 
And you've heard this a thousand times, but I just couldn't believe that there is a guy that loves students as much, if not more, than I do, and that's saying a lot. And I was like, man, what a pastor's heart. And so for now, for you to stand up here, for us to stand up here together, our hearts are for you guys. And I just went back to my very first night that I was here, and, and I told you, I said, I want our youth group to be the youth group that's known as the, as the group of students that don't wear masks. And I think tonight you've discovered that that's a true statement, that that's, what, that's the kind of youth group God wants this youth group to be, a safe place where we can cross the line and be honest with one another. And I got to tell you, dude, I might as well just stayed over here on this side tonight. How many of y'all like we're over here every single time, right? But you know, the truth is, is that we're all beautifully broken people, but we're a family and we're, we're honored to be and to bear one another's burdens. And so, Abe, I want to thank you for loving and leading our students so well. I love your heart for these students. I'm glad that they're beginning to see how much you truly love them. And it's just an honor to see him here. And we have a good associate youth pastor here, guys. And so I want you to get to know him. He's about as real as you're going to get. And, and I love him. And I love his heart. And I love this youth ministry. This is just the beginning. As y'all were praying and singing together just a moment ago, I thought to myself, I wonder how many students in Colorado Springs if they knew this is the kind of youth group that they could go to, I wonder how many of them would have major FOMO tonight to be able to see, oh my gosh, I'm able to share this, right, with others and discover that God loves me in spite of my brokenness. God is good. But you know how they're going to find out about our youth group? You. It's carrying the spirit of this community and honesty and transparency and into your circles of influence and going to your friends and saying, you got to check out this youth group. Not because we want to fill this room with students. It's because we want to fill this room with students just like you. Jacked up students who are willing to cross the line and say, me too. Right? There's power in that. How many Ians are out there? That young man that we heard in that video sharing a story. He was going to commit suicide that night. How many Ians are out there? And all it takes is for one stranger to come up and say, God's proud of you and he loves you. It saved his life. So guys, let's take our honesty and our brokenness and the beauty of what God is doing in our world. Even though you don't feel qualified, I don't feel qualified. Welcome to the club. Just say it with me. I'm unqualified. Yeah, so we can change the world that way. Pray, who God, who is it that needs to hear that they love or that you love them and that there's a place, a safe place to come and to be restored? Who is that person? Text them, message them. We're about to enter into summer, man. It's going to be crazy. We love you guys. We've been praying for you guys. Lastly, we've got Desperation Conference coming up here in a couple of weeks. Y'all don't even know what we have planned. We just had our meeting yesterday. It was amazing, and we went through it minute by minute. I cannot wait for the 20th to get here. If you have not gotten your ticket yet, we give it to you for cheap. 
So buy your cheap tickets, bring a friend. We'll see you at Despo. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless these students. Protect them over the summer. I pray for them as they travel, as they have all this free time, God, that, Lord, that they would use that time to pursue you, to hang around with friends that pursue you. Lord, that they would finish the summer strong, God. Bless them and keep them. Bless their families. Bless their parents. Bless their homes, God. And let them know that the grace of God goes beyond their worst mistake and wound on their hearts. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Y'all have a good night. See ya.